Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on? Boy, Middle Cop, 3 and Out Podcast, back at it again. Taking a little break from watching uh, March Madness. Not going to lie, having a pretty good day gambling. As I'm recording this, I still need one more game. St. Mary's hasn't quite tipped off yet. Uh, But still some stuff going on in football. I I have some thoughts why. And I talk about sometimes big picture stuff with with the sport. And that's something that fascinates me. Uh, just the health of American sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, even golf. I'm a big golf guy with Tiger Woods and the power of getting attention. Have some thoughts why March Madness actually has a lot of parallels to the NFL. Le'Veon made some comments that I thought were just pretty moronic uh, about the Steelers, uh, about Ben, and not necessarily about Ben, but more about the Steelers. And, And then just a lot of these pro days are going on. If you watch NFL Network, they've been at Ohio State, they've been at Oklahoma, they've been at Alabama, and just wanted to dive in a little bit about my experience and if they're important or if they're not. But the one thing with March Madness that is so powerful, now if you like to bet, it's incredible, but just I think for sports, the casual person, they say a lot of it has to do with the bracket. I think a lot of it has to do just with the drama. Uh, and Colin uses this word a lot, and forever on, on my radio shows, when I did a local radio show, we talked a lot about baseball because the Giants were big, and we had the A's, and they, they were good, but baseball talk doesn't really drive media, any sports media anymore, because there isn't any urgency to it, and I think a lot, the same thing has happened in basketball, 
Like the regular season now means nothing. It's never meant less. Guys don't even play in games. There's just no urgency. And as someone that used to gamble on the regular season, I lost a lot of money. I just stopped doing it because it was just impossible to predict. Well, the powerful thing about March Madness is, and I don't know if you guys listen to this guy named Gary Vanderchuk. He's like a motivational speaker. Not all of his stuff. You can disagree with some of the stuff, but one out like overriding message that he always has, and he's pretty, he's kind of like an entrepreneur meets kind of a tech guy, and he was big on Facebook and Twitter and all these companies before they got big. And his big thing is the the hardest thing to do in 2019 is to get someone's attention. That's why Twitter and Instagram and these social media platforms are so powerful and so lucrative. Netflix, you name it. Because they get, they get people's attention. I don't think people realize a lot of people do not watch a national NBA game on a, on a Wednesday night. It's like 700,000 people. Like 15 million people watch Thursday night football. I, I might actually be off on these numbers. Just millions upon millions of people watch these games. It's really hard to get people's attention. Now football is a lot working for it. One thing that football really has working for it is the sport is the sport. There's not a lot of inventory because you only play once a week. It's the one major sport where you practice way more than you play. So when you do play, it's a big deal. Every game kind of matters. It's why in the NFL, especially the second half of the season, all the Sunday night games, the big national games, they, they have huge implications. And then the playoff format, and, and college benefits from this too, every game matters. I mean, this, it's not a seven-game series. You know, if you're not super locked into the NBA playoffs... Like, you can lose a game. It's not that big of a deal, especially on the road. Like, that's normal. As long as you have home court advantage, you take care of home. But in, in playoff football, a couple years ago, the Chiefs screwed around, and they lost the Titans in the first round of the playoffs. And I, obviously, gambling plays a big part in it, fantasy football, whatever. But just the setup of the sport, just like the setup of this tournament, just one game. You win, you, you advance, you lose, you're out. That's baseball, it's like, oh, I went 0 for 4, no worries, I got 6 more games this week, it's only Monday. In the NBA, I had a bad game, whatever, I'll take the next 2 off and come back for the next month, it's only December. I have 6 more months of the season. We're in football, it's why every game's serious, every injury matters, every snap matters, every game matters, and you just can't make that up. Like, I, I love March Madness, but I love anything that's important and has a lot of urgency to it. Like, I love the golf majors. I love the NCAA tournament. I love the NBA playoffs. Obviously, love the NFL and college football because for five straight months, you're on this roller coaster ride of importance. In college football, when they kick off that week one and you get some of those big cross rival, not, not, not rival, but like interconference matchups Washington, Auburn, Clemson, AM, Alabama, whoever. That game matters. You know, if you lose that game, you are in trouble. Now, it's been proven you're not necessarily knocked out. But last year, Notre Dame, Michigan, that game mattered a lot. And we know that as a consumer. And that's just the one thing that the sport of football, for some of its faults and CTE and head issues, which they've done a really good job of getting ahead of and changing the rules. Even as a fan, I don't really love all the rules. But you can't dispute or argue that they're good for people's brain and health and They've tried to kind of get that out of the game. But the when the season kicks off till the Super Bowl ends or the college football playoff ends, you're kind of glued. 
Every game matters. Like, I, I've been glued to my television day with the NCAA tournament. It's mainly because I have money on some games, but even just games I don't. <laughs> you lose, you're out. And you, you can't... It's the one thing that the other two sports w- will just never have. And in a day and age, like society's never getting slower. Uh, we, just check out a history book. Like As we advance, we only get more impatient. And I'm on the impatient scale about as high as you can get. And that is not a healthy thing to be. But as time goes on, we're never going to slow back down. You just look at the way society's gone from the beginning of time. Just You just constantly speed up. So the good thing is that everyone's doing so much. And the one thing that football will always have is on Sunday or on Saturday or how high school games. Those games, every stinking game matters. Okay, let's uh, dive into my main man, Le'Veon Bell. Who's had, as I've said over and over and over again, you know, one of the worst off seasons we've ever seen from a fin or for worst twelve months we've seen from a financial standpoint. Left fourteen and a half million dollars on the table, ended up getting twenty, I think six fully guaranteed. But as I've been saying for a long time, he could have just taken the fourteen and a half million dollars. Slight risk, as welcome to life, everything's risk reward like every other free agent, played out the season, more than likely not gotten injured, definitely not gotten a a career-ending injury, and more than likely would have signed the same contract, if not for more, because he would have had recent tape. But that's not what this is about. Le'Veon sat down with MMQB's Jenny Ventress. I might be screwing up her name, and if I am, I'm sorry. Uh, And had had some interesting comments. And I, I, I pulled from a couple. Now, I've been talking for a long time about Big Ben, and I think his reputation has taken a massive hit. Like, Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, like, I don't think there are any winners in this whole thing. I think Antonio Brown, who actually, he might be the biggest winner because he got more money. He's really, he's just kind of happy now. Well, now we'll see when the fall comes, and if Derek doesn't play well, and he's not getting catches, how happy he is. But Le'Veon said some things about Big Ben, and you know how he acts like a coach, and same type thing, Antonio Brown, owner mentality. Uh, I don't know if he used those exact words, but he used things like Ben would get petty when he would get mad at Antonio, and he wouldn't throw AB the rock. Well, if you do a little research of the last six years, this year, if he's talking specifically about this year, Antonio got his third most targets of his career, had over 100 catches, again, and had 15 touchdowns. So these guys might be thinking that, and clearly Le'Veon and Antonio have talked about when Ben is mad at you, he doesn't throw you the ball. And again, that works, I think, for a lot of teams with a lot of different players over the years. But statistically, like hard data, it's just not true. So even if, and Antonio didn't even play a game this year. They kicked him out of week 17. So he had 104 catches and 168 targets through 15 games and 15 touchdowns, which was also a career high. So even if Big Ben is mad at him and they clearly think that they just don't like him, whatever, and I don't blame them for not liking him, I've always thought Ben kind of a clown. Uh, Classic, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Got some fraudulent characteristics. You heard some things about him in NFL circles back in the day. Not the greatest guy. So I'm not, I, I never even disputed that Antonio and Le'Veon were necessarily wrong in their hatred might be strong, but just disdain for Roethlisberger. Like, I, I agreed. 
But this notion, and I, clearly they're talking about it, bro. When he's pissed off at you, he doesn't throw you the ball. I, can't you just see that conversation happening over text message, in person, just hanging at the crib with those two guys? For sure. Like, I, Ben, so Ben hates me, man. He never throws. No, no, Le'Veon. He actually throws Antonio the ball all the time. That, that is the one problem I have with this whole Steeler argument is like, you know, Ben and Antonio didn't get along. Well, they sure as hell did on the field. It sure worked out pretty well for the last six years. Again, Google the numbers. They speak for themselves. They're borderline historic. And I'm not ESPN Stats and Info here or Stump the Schwab here, but I think I've seen different times on Instagram or Twitter. They literally are historic. First guy with 100 catches, 1,000 yards, six straight years of that. Or maybe he's tied for the most like Marvin Harrison. Or I think it was like three or four. 100 catches, 1,000 yards, he passed Jerry Rice. Like, Antonio Brown, he's not some Odell-Eli situation where, you know, just quarterbacks are, couldn't get him the ball. He literally is getting 100-plus catches and competing for double-digit touchdowns and thirteen to 1,500 yards every season. So, again, they may really not like each other, but on the field, the production, the success, the wins speak for themselves. So I hope that Le'Veon... And I'm going to lump Antonio in this too. And I, this is what Larry Fitzgerald talked about at the Sloan Conference. Like, I don't know. And he was talking about Antonio, but you can lump them both in. Know how good these guys had it. Like, Antonio, you're coming to the Raiders. I don't know if you've checked. They've struggled the last 15 years. Yo, Le'Veon, you're going to play with the Jets. I don't know if you check. They're not that good. They're not that good. So I, I hope you guys realize you left the Steelers, who the majority of my life, every single season, double-digit wins are in the playoffs. Yeah, they don't win the Super Bowl as much as the Patriots. Welcome to the NFL. No one else does either. So I I, I just think these guys are in for somewhat of a rude awakening. Levian also made some comments, basically talking how the Steelers. I I might be misquoting him a little in the sense that he said wouldn't let them play video games. Not necessarily wouldn't let them play video games, but got mad if you play a lot of video games or, or an artist. They want you to just focus on football. And I thought to myself, novel concept, Le'Veon. I pay you 10 to $20 million. And Le'Veon, two years ago, was making 12. This year was scheduled to make 14 and a half. Your employer wants you to put in a lot of time at your job. Again, welcome to life. This notion that players like, the football just wants me to be all football all the time. Like, yeah, I, they're paying you a lot of money to think like that. When you retire and you got $50 million in the bank, you can do whatever the hell you want 24-7. Guess what? You won't get that much money. Most of the top players in the NFL, now there are some outliers. Like Julio Jones, I think has been outspoken about, you know, I don't really watch football. I don't think he's that into football outside of football. But when I get Julio in the building, working out, like he clearly is all in. Now most quarterbacks, I'd say the best ones, are football junkies. It's kind of got to be your life. You could argue most guys that like get to the Hall of Fame are typically football junkies. It means a lot to them. Like it is kind of their life. Usually at what anyone, you know, in any sort of business that makes a lot of money, for the most part, usually dictates or dedicates a lot of their free time and their professional time toward that. You think about it. It's all consuming. Like, yeah, Le'Veon. Sorry, they're not helping you to be a balanced human. That's not really their job. 
That's for Michigan State. That's their job. Do you know what the Steelers' job is? When they're paying you a lot of money, or now the Jets, produce. I care about how good you are as a football player. That's what matters to them. I don't ever understand why these players get shocked by, God, they just, they didn't want me to have a life. No, they, you can get married, have kids, do whatever you want. But yeah, they want you to focus on football 24-7. Now, is that realistic? No. But is it understandable coming from the team side? Like, yeah, yeah, Antonio, we're paying you $19 million. We'd like you to be at work on time. Yeah, we, we'd like you to go all in on studying the playbook. Like, I, again, I, I think sometimes these players, and this is where they're out of touch with the common guy, because the common guy would go, God, you know, the, the average American makes like 50 grand. If someone said, hey, I'll pay you 500 grand, can I get a lot of your effort? Most people would say, yeah, I'll give you a lot of my effort. And some of these players, and football's hard. And the difference is, in football, you're getting yelled at a lot. It's difficult. Like, I, this isn't baseball or basketball where, you know, the media just gets on their knees and blows you every day. And, you know, in basketball, they never say anything negative and you can take games off. Coaches aren't allowed to yell at you because you can get them fired. Like, football's difficult. You're getting MF daily. You're getting screamed at all the time. The games are physical. It's difficult. Like, I, I get that. And I think most fans understand if you've played football at any level, high school to the pros, most people have not played the pros, let alone college. Like if you just played high school football, you know it's tough. It's demanding. And it's not always fun. Like Football practice is not fun. And then the, by far in the media sense, they're the hardest on you for football. It, it's a difficult, like, it's not an easy life. But I don't think it's like that out of, the, out of left field or that out of the blue or that just... I mean, it's understandable that your employer or even quote-unquote your partner that is compensating you at extremely high levels can want you to focus on the sport. Like, again, again, Le'Veon, welcome to the real world. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. 
So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Okay, pro days in mid-swing right now. I wouldn't say mid-swing. I guess probably one more week of them. Almost over. And I get a lot like, what do they mean? What's the point of all the pro days? And I used to think when I was in the NFL, like, great question. Now, sometimes they are important. When you have an underclassman that you did not know was going to come out, ends up coming out. Now, even if that guy goes to the combine, just getting back around the coaches, asking them questions... The one thing, though, you need to be careful of, and I was taught this and I learned this, is when you go into a school in March, the information sometimes gets a lot rosier than when you went in during the fall. And it was during the season, the heat of battle, and jobs were on the line, and games were on the line, and you usually get more of a real sense for the player, the person from the coaching staff than you do in March. Why? Because everyone's happy in March. If the kid gets drafted higher, that coaching staff or that individual coach, position coach, coordinator, head coach, gets more credit. Now, with the Nick Saban or someone like that, if you know them well, that's not necessarily true. But for the most part, you have to be very careful. The information you are getting when you go into a pro day in March, because a lot of times those coaches, it's kind of a dead period for them. So, you know, it's kind of like their job turns into 9 to 5. They're relaxed or chilling. They're in a good mood. 
and the draft isn't far away. They have guys that are going to get picked. It makes them look good. So you have to be careful. I also never put stock into when a quarterback had a good day. The quarterback is playing on air, against air. There are no defenders, right? It's just, it's pretty easy. It it should go well. It is a situation that is conducive to success if you are good. Now, if you're a questionable prospect and it doesn't go well, then I red flag you. If you're a good prospect and it doesn't go well and you've proven on the field, I don't put that much stock into it either. Now, just getting a feel for the guy, the way the guy carries himself, the way he's around his teammates. I, I see a lot of people tweeting that. That's important. I agree to a sense, but if you've gone to the school multiple times in the fall, you saw them around their teammates, again, when it matters, when they're going to practice, when they're preparing for games. This stuff is a little fake right now because it's all manipulated for them to look good. I, I think you got to be very careful with what you take away from these pro days. And we've seen the history of the sport, right? A lot of misses have been, we used to call them in the NFL, workout warriors. Guys that weren't great good, weren't great players, then will go to the combine, run fast, jump high, look good, you know, have long arms, all, all that BS. So I, I think the pro days, they serve a purpose. You get to kind of circle back on maybe some information, maybe some holes on some guys. But you got to take everything you hear at these times with a grain of salt. Uh, A lot of times, the good thing about a pro day is you know what you're looking for. If your general manager or head coach wants something specific on a player, you can go to that position coach, you can go to that counselor on campus, you can go wherever and get that information. But I I, I really think they're a little overhyped. And again, we need something to talk about. We talk about it. They happen for a reason. But whenever I see a guy like Nick Bosa standing on his numbers or any player that's standing on his numbers that went to the combine did well, I think that's what they should do. That is the smart move. Now, the one red flag I had of the pro day circuit was Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray refused to run. Well, what does Kyler Murray arguably do the best on the football field? He's an accurate thrower, but his truly defining characteristic is just his elite speed. Why wouldn't he run? Well, as I said last week and I told Colin... I think a big reason he didn't run is because he's not normally 205 pounds. He probably paid just eyeballing him. I'd say 185 to 190. So if you're a team, if you're the Cardinals or any other team interested in this guy, you got to find out what's his normal playing weight. And if he did play normally at 185, like, are you comfortable that he's going to be able to hold up playing like that? Because usually running quarterback, Kaepernick and Russell Wilson, I mean, those guys were 215, 220, 230. Those guys were bigger. RG3, look at him. I'd have to look up his weight, but he broke down pretty fast. That is a question mark. There's a reason we weigh these guys. We'll get their arm measurements because that stuff matters. I always love when Twitter and Twitter draft nicks as they go by. Go like, I don't care how short he is, he can play. Well, yeah, if you got 30-inch arms, it's probably going to be hard to be a pass rusher. Again, like boxing, there's a reason they measure reach because I can hit you and you can't hit me. And that matters on the lines. Now, does it matter as much at wide receiver or whatever? No, but it still comes into play. Remember the famous pass in the 2011 Super Bowl where Brady overthrew Welker? Welker's got small arms. If that had been, you know, a longer player. Now, again, Welker had positive characteristics, but all this stuff does come into play eventually. Small hands, like Jared Goff couldn't hold on to the ball when he went to Oregon a couple years ago in his pouring rain. Now, luckily, he plays in California. So he's not playing in the elements. I remember going to a pro day and seeing Matt Barkley 
And it was the worst pro day I'd ever seen. He was such a bad athlete. He didn't have a great arm. He's actually, and I say it all the time, had a much better career than I ever thought he could have. I thought he would be out of the league in like three years. He's going on like year eight or nine. But I remember when I was a GA at Fresno State, Ryan Matthews went to the combine. He ran a 4-4. He was 220, just shredded. It went really well. And then he went, and then he had the pro day, a bunch of GMs showed up. And we had a bunch of fringe, undrafted free agents. And Ryan's like, screw it. Ryan didn't need to work out at all. At all. He had established himself, set in stone, he was going to go in the first round. Well, I think A.J. Smith was his name, the general manager for the Chargers, was in attendance. And all the guys were there, and he's like, screw it, I'll, I'll run, I'll work out. He worked out. Ended up going like 15 or 14 or wherever to the Chargers. He replaced LT. Now, it didn't go great for him, but I think a big reason that, like everyone's like, this guy's a badass. He doesn't care, he just wants to compete. So you, you can't help yourself with these pro days, just impress people. Like, it never hurts to, to try to just do stuff if you're good at stuff. Like, if you run fast, just run. If, you know, if, if you're going to crush the drills, just do the drills. This isn't, you know, it's not a make, it's not going to ruin your career. If Nick Bosa, who stood on everything, which I don't blame him, but had he done drills, it wouldn't hurt him at all. Everyone knows he's a good player. So I, I think you got to be careful with pro days. Be careful what you're reading with the pro days. Though I like talking about pro days. I, I always thought working in it and now covering it, just a little overhyped. Okay, let's get into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. Also my Twitter handle. Easiest way to get a hold of me, online. And you slide up in those DMs, and I'll answer your question right here. Hey, John. As a longtime reader of Football Outsiders, one thing has me spooked on both Murray and Haskins. Each has only started for one season. One of the Outsiders' projection stats has always said the two most important stats for quarterbacks are completion percentage and starts. Why isn't this being talked about much? As a Bears fan, it seemed painfully obvious that Trubisky, even in year two, was terribly unseasoned. Isn't that also likely for these two? Well, I I think every you have to take every situation, no different in scouting, as its own unique situation. You know, just you, you can't make blanket statements with players and player situations. So you go, let's go, why did Kyler Murray start only one year? Well, he started as a true freshman at Texas A&M. Shit kind of got out of control. He was splitting time with Kyle Allen, another big-time recruit. Was kind of named the starter, but ended up just transferring because he didn't want to be around Kevin Sumlin. That was a big reason that Kevin Sumlin was kind of in the doghouse with the fan base. Then he transferred to Oklahoma. Well, when you transfer in college football, you have to redshirt. So two years ago, he redshirted. Last year, he backed up Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield went number one in the draft. So no one's going to say shit about that because the guy that was ahead of him was really good. So to me, it's not him starting one year. When you transfer like that, isn't that crazy? Where Mitch was at North Carolina the whole time, I forget the guy's name, but he was an NFL player and couldn't beat him out. Then when you look at Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins, you go, well, why didn't he start? Well, he's clearly a better player than JT Barrett, but as scouts have told me that have gone through there, they'll say the coaching staff will tell you he should have been our starter two years ago. But Urban looked at JT Barrett 
like his long lost son, even though he wasn't that great of a player, and just rode with him his senior year. I mean, he wasn't going to bench him his senior year, but he's just not that good. I mean, it's just, that's a reality. Dwayne Haskins is a much better player. And I think that that, you know, I, I think both of them just were in those situations. Now, Kyler is a little more understandable, but I, I think if Urban says, listen, yeah, he was a better player than JT Barrett, I just went with uh, my uh, emotional ties. I wanted my guy to start. I don't think it's that unrealistic. Now, if you are like a fourth-year guy and you're never able to play, that's usually a problem. But I think definitely for Kyler, I mean, again, he backed up Baker Mayfield, who went number one in the draft. And the, his first year eligible to start at Oklahoma, it was Baker Mayfield's fifth, fifth year as a senior. So I, I think you got to be careful with that. Uh, now, most of these guys don't have that problem when you just look at the last four or five years, right? You look at Josh Rosen, full-time starter. Sam Darnold, full-time starter. The kid at Clemson in a couple years, full-time starter. Tua, full-time starter. Deshaun Watson, full-time starter for a while. So a lot of these guys, Mahomes was a multiple-year starter. It's, But again, you, you got to be very careful with this stuff and take every player individually. You can't do blanket statements. That's where you get in trouble. And I'm with you. Starting is a big deal. Experience is a big deal. But I think it's understandable with these two players. With the notable wide receiver moves this offseason, AB for picks, Odell Beckham for picks and paper and peppers, Tate for a small fortune. Do you see wide receiver mobility picking up as much as we see corners and running backs getting moved around? If I had a Galladay or a Ridley on my team, I wouldn't be too happy with all these elite wide receivers moving around as often as they're seeming to. Yeah, again, kind of like we were just talking about with the quarterbacks, I just think it's unique. Antonio Brown basically said, F you to the Steelers. I hate Ben Roethlisberger. Trade me. And he threw a football in his face and quit on him week 17. So that's, that was unprecedented really what he did. The dude was having like a historic six-year run, getting the ball all the time, and he still wasn't happy. The Odell Beckham thing was more, again, borderline unprecedented, they sign him to a record contract, and then they trade him a year later after he had a pretty good season given how shitty Eli Manning was. Like, you don't see Julio getting traded. You never saw Larry getting traded. You won't see Mike Evans getting traded. I, uh, the Amari thing was weird, and that was a big win for Dallas. Uh, but you, you don't see a lot of the best white... DeAndre Hopkins is not going anywhere. Uh, Devontae Adams is not going anywhere. I also think it's what's the player's personality like. Like Devontae, high character guy, easy to get along with, no problems, right? Doug Baldwin forever. Everyone likes him. Larry Fitzgerald, clearly. Mike Evans. So Julio Jones. Are you a diva or are you easy to deal with? And those two guys, to me, are pretty big outliers of... Is it safe to say that Beckham and Antonio of the last like 20 years are in the top five divas. You know, if let's put T.O. one, I, you could probably in some order put Antonio Brown and Beckham like two and three or however you want. I'd probably go just, be, and again, you don't, to be a diva doesn't mean you've been in trouble or anything. Like Odell Beckham's never done anything wrong. Besides he had a little cocaine to look like on that pizza box. I'd probably go Odell because I do think Odell's upside for being even more of a diva with time is really high. Yet, don't forget, Antonio has him by five years. So Odell's already got a uh, 
got a pretty strong start. Antonio didn't start out as a diva. He didn't turn into AB to like three years ago. Uh... Can you explain sports betting in layman, in layman's terms for us who don't completely understand sports betting or might be looking to get into it? Or does my bookie spell it out easy enough? Uh, I don't talk gambling that much on here. I talk about it on all my other platforms. Uh, I'm in business with mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Uh, gambling, you know, I, I would imagine a lot of people listening to this kind of understand the way it works. If you're betting on a game in football, you just you can bet on the point spread. There's you know most point spreads start at three points. You know the home team automatically gets three points or gives three points, and then given on how good or bad a team is, the number kind of moves from there. Now usually just with the point spread, depending on how it's being bet, it's it's even odds. Meaning the way betting works, you got to give a vig. Meaning you got to bet $110 to win $100. Now, when you bet money lines, that's where you can make good money. And I've made some pretty good money line bets in the Super Bowls in years past. If you bet an underdog, you get them 3, 4, 5 to 1. I mean, 2 to 1 is pretty big in a money line. And then betting, like if you're betting the New England Patriots playing the New York Jets, the odds for them are not going to be very good. So you bet a money line, you probably got to bet like $400 just to make $100. Uh, then I, I think anyone that's dabbled a little bit in gambling loves doing parlays. I just had one with St. Mary's losing to Villanova. Did not come through. Now they pay an incredibly high amount. You know, I, I did a parlay with three games. I took Yale plus seven and a half. I took St. Mary's to win and I took Minnesota to win. $200 paid almost $3,000. Now the thing with parlays, and again, if you're listening, you're like, no shit, John, I gamble. I get that. This is layman's terms. They pay, the two. my $200 turned into 3000 So because they're all correlated, there's some formula, it's incredible. Now, as I just found out, as I took a little break to eat dinner before I recorded this Middlecoff mailbag and watched St. Mary's, it's really hard to win parlays when you have three plus because you're not going to pick every game right. The problem with the parlay also is, once you hit it one time, a couple years ago, I hit an, just it, the best parlay of my life. Picked like six NFL games. And one of them was the Broncos over the Saints. And it was like a last second field goal block where they returned it for a touchdown. The Chiefs against the Carolina Panthers, I think that same day. Eric Berry had two pick sixes. I mean, it was incredible. It gives me chills just thinking about it. But it was unrealistic. And it was like $90, one, like 1500 Like I said, you win it one time, you'll always go back. Any good gambler will tell you, just bet individual games. So if you want to bet individual games like March Madness or when the NFL season, just bet on teams. I like betting underdogs uh, just because, when you, especially when you get big point spreads, in, especially in the NFL, uh, most games are decided by a touchdown. So that's, yeah, layman's terms. Of the pod. Bears question for you. What are realistic expectations after last season? 12 and 4 was a shock to everyone. Is Trubisky a long term guy and improvement on last year or more like Dak, where ideally you'd want to move off him once his rookie deal expires? I think this is a huge year for Trubisky. Now, technically, it's only his third year, so I think he's got two more good years left. 12-4, and four, I, I don't know if that's that unrealistic. Your defense is just absolutely stacked. Now, Fangio's gone. 
But talking with a buddy with the Bears, he's like, bro, we got everyone coming back and we added HaHa on a prove-it deal. So you got both corners back, you got Eddie Jackson back, you got Trevathan, you got Roquan Smith back, and you got the entire front back. Floyd, uh, Akeem, Eddie, Mack, like all these guys are rolling back. So the defense should just be, and Chuck Pagano's not Vic Fangio, but he's pretty damn good. And it's, I, I think me or you could just coach the defense to be just solid. And then Matt Nagy with another year, they added CP84, Cordero Patterson. You got Allen Robinson coming back. You know, they got Tariq Cohen. Trubisky should be better. Their offensive line, they re-signed Bobby Massey. I think they, they're they a double-digit win team and should be in the playoffs. To me, the only way they're not in the playoffs is if Trubisky just falls off a cliff. And, and I don't see that happen just because they're too innovative on offense. He's just too athletic. So even if it's like when he's off throwing the ball, which, as we saw, can happen, he can just run around and make shit happen. That's a great part about having an athletic quarterback. They don't have to be the most accurate guys because at the end of the day, they can just scramble around and pick up first down. So... To me, as we sit here today, March 21st, even regardless what happens after the draft, now the Bears don't have a first-round pick because of Cleo Mack, I, 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 I think the Bears are the favorite to win that division. And really, when you look at the division, the Lions are in shambles. Uh, the Packers are going through a transitional point. The Vikings should be pretty good. I mean, they re-signed Barr. They got some guys coming back. Kirk Cousins, you'd think, would be a little more comfortable. Uh, they got some continuity now with the offensive staff. But still, I, I I think the Bears, and again, I'm biased. Matt Nagy's my guy, and I got a couple of buddies on the staff, and I, I'm just, I'm a sneaky Bears fan now. I, but I think on paper, when you look at last year, are they 12-4? and four? Maybe they're 10 or 11, but they're going to be good. I mean, their defense, they should be like Seattle for these next two years. Remember Seattle for those like four-year stretch were the number one scoring defense for four straight years? That's what the Bears should be. For the next, last year, this year, and next year. Just like the top defense. That's just who they should be. That's what their personnel says that they deserve to be. And all these guys they have are in their prime. It's not like, oh, you know, Khalil Max 35. No, he's 28. Akeem Hicks is what? 27, 26. Roquan Smith's like 22. I mean, Danny Trevathan's kind of old. And he's not even that old. Eddie Jackson's what? 24. I mean, all these guys are young and in their prime. What's Kyle Fuller? Is that is it Kyle Fuller? Yeah, it's Kyle Fuller. What's, what's he? His brother Kendall is on the Chiefs. He's in his mid to late 20s. So all these guys are in the prime of their careers. Uh, I don't love Gruden, but isn't it true that their financial woes were severe that they could not sign Mac? Not enough cash reserve to escrow. Hence, all of Gruden's moves are informed by what by that crisis, is this true and just not talked about by the media or am I tinfoiling over here? Well, I just don't think we know. No one has Mark Davis's bank account. But what we do know about Mark Davis is he has the least amount of cash of any NFL owner. They do not have other businesses. Now, every NFL team gets $250 million and for the last several years have got around that amount. So your players are paid for by the media rights deals. But the Raiders don't make any money off their stadium there's just that's why they're moving. I mean, they make no money in this area, which is kind of baffling. Everyone, including John Middlecoff from his home office, is able to do pretty damn well. 
Like, business is not that difficult around here. There's so much commerce. There's so much, just so many people. <laughs> Football's, and pro football by far is our number one sport. The Raiders and 49ers, well, the 49ers definitely. The Raiders, they've just done a poor job with business. Now, does Mark have the cash on his hand? In theory, if he wasn't moving, he would have had it. But he spent so much money over the last several years. But he bought some land for, I think, $80 million in Vegas. They had to pay some relocation fees. They've just spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money on the coaching staff. They bought Del Rio out. Like Every $10 million to Mark Davis is a big deal. Where Jerry Jones or Steven Ross or any of the big money guys, it's not that big of a deal. So I, I do think it's pretty realistic that last year they did not have, you know, if 90 million guarantees, what if the signing bonus, I think Khalil's signing bonus was like 60 million. Maybe he didn't have 60 million on hand. But yes, that's very that's a very real possibility. And I, I think the people with the Raiders would tell you that's why you're moving. I tell you back, like, why are you idiots in this situation? You, you are in the in the heart of of one of the greatest economic stretches in the history of the world these last six or seven years in the Bay Area. And and you morons couldn't get it done. Joe Lacob came in here, moved right next to you, ran circles around you, and has printed money beyond belief. Jed York, who fired Jim Harbaugh for Jim Tom Sula, has never made more money in the last three or four years. And he hasn't even won since Harbaugh left. Hasn't sniffed winning. Never made more cash. Never been richer. Yet consistently the Raiders cannot make a dime to save their life. And that's why I think back to the Vegas thing, I I do think there are elements of the league office being nervous. Mark Davis does not have good business people around him. Uh, And Mark's not a business guy. Though Mark, he's honestly, when you talk to him, he's a really cool guy, very blue collar, very easy to deal with. I always got along with Mark Davis. Uh, people think I hate the Raiders. I don't. I actually root for Derek Carr. I want to see them do well. If you like football and you get to be around the Raiders, it's just pretty cool. Like They are a very historic organization, but they're a very flawed organization. They're terrible at business, and it all stems Al Davis was not a business guy. He was a football guy. He was a football coach, and that's kind of bled into what they have now. They just got, they just got low-level business people operating, and, you know, if they want things to change when they get to Vegas, they don't just need to win, but they, they need to get people that know what they're doing economically. Uh, not not necessarily like they're good with contracts. They're good with players. That's, I'm talking business-wise, which they have historically been, I'd say them and the Bengals, uh, terrible. And the difference, I'd say the Raiders and the Bengals, like the Raiders have one of the most legendary logos and just some of the sayings they have, like they have a brand, and they st- like the Chargers and the Bengals. Yeah, they're mom and pop shops, but they, they don't really have brands. You know, I mean the Oakland Raiders. They're a national slash worldwide brand. Like when you see that logo, you know it. And to still not be able to cash in has to make you a little nervous while they're making this move. If they can figure it out and get it done, because they've never have been able to. Uh, so yeah, back to your question, could it have been with the money? I've heard different people in different front offices and different agents that had different opinions, so I, I, I just don't know. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if he did not have the amount of money that the Bears gave to Khalil Mack in his bank account. And I don't know the rules, he's taken out so many loans that maybe he's just capped, he can't take out another loan. Because people, why didn't he just take out a loan? 
It's like, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's the Raiders. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Adios. Godspeed. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the tourney this weekend. And I'll talk to you next week. John Middlecoff, three and out. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, You can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.